comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Hi, my name is Joe Mesa. I'm a lawyer and I'm also a big football fan. I'm a 25-year Eagles season ticket holder and there's a new post-game show in town. Welcome to the live post-game show with Derek Gunn, Mark Farzetta, Devin Caney, John McMullen, and the best right tackle in football, Lane Johnson. What's up, everybody? Mark Farzad, Devin Caney, Derek Gunn with you here at 6ABC.com, as well as the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Welcome in a very disappointing 27-24 to 24 loss at the hands of the Los Angeles Chargers and Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley and them taking it to this Eagles team, at least when it comes to the defensive perspective. But before we just jump on that for a second, we what did we say last week? We had to go after the cut and paste type of material. What could they do against the Lions that they could also do against this team in the LA Chargers? And what did they do? They they, they ran the football. That was fun, right? We saw them run the football. Jalen Hurts threw the ball better in this game for the most part, and he had himself a great game, including that uh, fourth quarter drive down the field. That was phenomenal what he was able to do there to lead the uh, touchdown drive there with Devontae Smith capping it off. That was great to see. There's one thing they did, Gunner, in that Lions game that we did not see in this game. Any guesses, Gunner, Devin, any guesses what that could have been in tonight's football game? What did they not do against the Chargers that they definitely did against the Lions? Oh, they let a they let a passing attack just uh just bomb away. But see, you're talking about two differently two different two vastly different um array of talent. You're talking oh, absolutely. about a Detroit offense that was devoid of weapons mm. compared to a, a Chargers offense that is deep with weapons, deep with prolific pass catchers, mm-hmm. and a quarterback who's only in his second year but was, mm-hmm. has been groomed from day one to be a pass-happy quarterback. Basically, he, the, the, the baton was passed from Phillip Rivers to him in mm. terms of how they're going to run that offense. Definitely. And that's exactly what we saw. You get to see a prolific passing game. This kid, Justin Herbert, there's a reason why he was drafted as high as he was. This kid is already of elite status, you know, and he makes very few mistakes with the football. And what did he finish them looking here? 32 of 38? <laughs> 32. How, many, how many quarterbacks have we seen complete 75, 85, 88% of their passes against this Eagles defense? Mm-hmm. They didn't get any pressure. They got no pressure on them hardly whatsoever. Um, and he just stood back there and he picked them apart. And I mean, and if you're just if you're just a fan of watching football, 
And I know the Eagles fans are bummed right now. But if you're just a fan of watching football and watching offensive football, then you enjoyed watching offensive football. It was gut-wrenching from, from an Eagles fan point perspective because their team lost. But this is the kind of offense you hope you see run in Philadelphia, probably not this year, but hopefully in the next year or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, sorry, Mark. No, uh, that's okay. you, you say, you know, this is what upsets Eagles fans and – And I think a lot of people weren't expecting to win tonight, but I also will say I saw a lot of positivity and I felt, you know, again, it's not one of those games that you look at and you're super proud of, but it's also not like the game against the Raiders and some of our other games this season that just leave me feeling completely hopeless. I do feel like our team went out there and gave, I don't want to say hundred percent, but like 95%. I think (laughs) Herbert was hot after having a few bad games. He was due to, to have a comeback. And it's unfortunate that that comeback happened to, Happened tonight against the Eagles. Yeah, but you know, what, right, what, right, what, what you're going to see is this. Any team that can throw the football is going to have success against this Eagles defense. This is what you're going to see for the rest of the season. Now, mm. moving forward, if you think about it, there's not another prolific passer uh, on their schedule, except maybe Dak Prescott. And by the time they get to that game, the Dallas will probably have the division already wrapped up unless something devastating happens to that roster. But you mm-hmm. look at the array of quarterbacks they're going to face from this point moving forward. The most prolific passer they're going to face is Teddy Bridgewater, who's a good quarterback. He's not at that upper echelon like uh, a Patrick Mahomes or somebody like that. But, you know, he can pick you apart if you don't get pressure on him. But beyond that, you've got the Jets. You've got the Redskins twice. You've got the Giants twice. You know, so y- your chances are better uh, against those teams coming up. But you better do something to patch up the back end. And we don't know how bad Darius Slay's hamstring is, so he could be out next week. Mm-hmm. And considering mm-hmm. and considering what Denver did today in Dallas, in Dallas, not yeah. just beat Dallas, but beat beat them down. They mm-hmm. were up like 27 nothing at one point in right. Dallas. Teddy Bridgewater looked like Joe Montana back there today. <laughs> and now you got to go play them over there next wow. week? Mm. Well – Whoever you're going to play from this point on, you're not going to win many games playing defense the way you did today. And Gunner, to go back to your point for a second about, you know, we knew we weren't going to face Jared Goff again today. We weren't going to see Jared Goff today. We were going to see Justin Herbert, who's, you know, a rookie of the year type guy, right? Very talented. You mentioned that they felt very confident saying, Philip Rivers, thanks for everything. See you later. And Justin Herbert, it's his time to shine, which was good for him. However, if you continue to allow quarterbacks to sit in the pocket and feel not at all threatened by you attacking them, you not blitzing them, you being just 100% devoted to just your defensive line, attempting to get pressure, most notably from your DN positions, which you saw none of today, and Mm. you didn't see hardly – I saw maybe one blitz, and I don't even think it was a true blitz. I just think the tight end decided to stay in, and then you had – what's the the new defensive back's name who actually came up with Slay and made a play at the goal line. But he got into the backfield, actually caused a little bit of a pressure, which Justin Herbert eluded and made a throw down the field 18 yards uh, for 18 yards. But you had to continue to apply pressure occasionally in this game, not blitz every play. I'm not asking for Jim Johnson. This defense can't do that. But if you're a quarterback, and this was my concern going into this game, one concern was not realized. Nick Sirianni, great job sticking with the run game. Even when you're down in the fourth quarter, you had a very balanced attack. You were able to use play action. Jalen Hurts played like a man in that second half throughout. 
But the guy that didn't make an adjustment, the guy that didn't do anything taken from the Lions game to apply it to this game even a little bit was Jonathan Gannon. How do you not attack Justin Herbert? Not every play, but just make him think. Like It's the same reason we say keep, keep running the ball. Even if it's not working, make the defense think that you still could run the ball so you could sell a play action later. Same thing here when you're talking about being aggressive as a defense. You have to be able to go into a game like this with a game plan to make still, although very good, still a young and experienced quarterback, try to make him and force him into mistakes. I didn't see any of that. And no, I'm not expecting you're all of a sudden going to turn him to Jared Goff, but I'm also expecting maybe not turn him into Derek Carr 2.0 from three weeks ago. That was one of my biggest concerns going into this game. If you don't apply pressure to Justin Herbert, he'll sit back there and he'll pick you apart. He'll turn into what you saw with Derek Carr a couple of weeks ago, and that's exactly what happened tonight. That for For me tonight, the most disappointing thing was Jonathan Gannon's lack of aggression on this defense. I don't know how he played so well, made great play calls against the Lions, just in terms of philosophy, not even in terms of success, just in terms of philosophy, and didn't apply any of that tonight against the Chargers. Well, you didn't have to, you didn't have to be a great play caller against Detroit. Right. Your, your corners could play man up against Detroit because Detroit had no deep threats. They were playing with second-tier wide receivers uh, and behind a very passed-up offensive line with a quarterback who's running for his life. They had no running game whatsoever in, in that game. So you didn't have to be a, a great play caller. This was another case of Jonathan Gannon showing a quarterback too much respect to the point they lit you up again. You're right. And I've said this time and time again all week long leading up to this game. You cannot just let that man sit back there and pat the football and find his targets because when he finds his targets, he's going to make you hurt. So Jonathan mm -hmm. Gannon showed Justin Herbert way too much respect. Now, you go after him early on to give him something to think about. And even if you got burned early on in this game, at least Herbert's thinking that pressure could be coming from somewhere. But once Justin Herbert and the offensive coordinator figured out what the Eagles were going to do, it was like shooting ducks in a barrel, man. It, it was just <laughs> – it was too easy. That man passed for, two, what, 445 – what, 356? 356. 356, I mean, two touchdowns, ran for another, yeah. And most of it was effortless when you think about it. It was effortless. He was just slinging it all over the field. He completed passes basically to two, four, six, eight, nine different pass catchers in this game. Everybody well, and, got it on the floor. As a reminder, if we want to get even angrier about it, I believe the Chargers had not one but two offensive linemen, two of their starters out. So we should have been able to get to Herbert a lot more than go. we did. Uh, and I also think it's ironic that, you know, the constant defense of Jonathan Gannon's defensive scheme is, well, it stops the big plays. Well, what lost us this game? We couldn't, our defense couldn't stop the big play. Mm -hmm. So it's not working clearly. And, and mm -hmm. we keep doing it over and over again. I actually think my game ball last weekend after the lions game was to Jonathan Gannon because I liked what he did. And I don't, it's mind blowing to me why we didn't see that again in a game against a good football team in the chargers. Uh, I, I like, I don't, let me say this. You know what? Good job. Nick Sirianni. Great job. Jalen hurts. I didn't think I'd say that, especially with Nick Sirianni after this particular game, but here we are. Great job. Uh, Nick Sirianni. Great job. Jalen hurts. I just I, – I can't, for the life of me, figure out 
Jonathan Gannon. And in the early goings of this game, especially in that first half, you're seeing TJ Edwards make plays. This might have been TJ Edwards' best game ever as a Philadelphia Eagle. You're seeing guys like Davion Taylor make plays, Marcus Epps making plays. They're playing at the line of scrimmage. They're playing tough football. I was just waiting. It has to be a matter of time because those guys are being aggressive. Those guys are obviously amped up. Those guys were going to notch back-to-back wins for the first time this season. Let's make it. They want to win one game at the link for the first time this season. Let's make that happen. And then you never saw that energy channeled to anything that related at all to pressure. At like there, there was nothing. There was nothing dialed up. There was no no surprise. There was no safety blitz, corner blitz. There was no linebacker blitz. There was nobody rushing the line of scrimmage. You were just, hey, Javon Hargrave, please make make a play again. Josh Sweat, please, we beg you, make a play again. Fletcher Cox, you know what? This one time, forget about the pass. Just go after the quarterback. Forget about the run, rather. Go after the quarterback. Make a play. We have to do something to upset the timing and the rhythm of Justin Herbert. And you, you didn't see that in this game. And you know what? For those big plays, Devin, that you mentioned, I'll give credit to Darius Slay for this. Was this his best game? No. And production is the bottom line, and he did not produce tonight. But he was right there, stride for stride down the field. He couldn't make the play on the ball, unfortunately. The other one with Parham, oh, my God. That was just a some freak mutant monster just, like, palming Darius Slay's head and removing him from the picture. Uh, other than that, I, he, he played – he played tough, but he didn't play successful tonight. You really needed him to be the guy to make something happen. They made something happen at the goal line early in the game when they went for it in the fourth and goal. They didn't come up with it because he made a great play there. He was there stride for stride, but ultimately he didn't make the play. He had a pass interference call that I thought was some hand fighting, left the game with, I believe, a hamstring injury. But overall, I mean, you got to do something to try to upset the apple cart a little bit. And they didn't do anything that I can't, I can't believe what I saw when I watched Nick Sirianni at the end of the first half, run the ball 20, call 25 play. Well, they ran the ball 25 times. And on the other side, of the, they only threw it nine, nine times. But on the other side of the ball, you saw nothing that worked for you where you could throw your best effort in the face of the Chargers. There was not one time Jonathan Gannon looked at him and said, all right, you know what? Go ahead. You beat our best play. It was all reactionary every single time. I think it shows you how little the Chargers – respected the Eagles' defense when they went for uh, fourth fourth down situations twice. Now, the Eagles' defense held and turned the ball over and got it back to the offense. But, you know, early on in the game, um, when you when you go for it on fourth down like that, uh, you basically you're, you're telling the opposition, we don't fear you in a lot of ways. And the fact that the Eagles' defense was able to keep the Chargers three for six in the red zone, the score could have been even more lopsided than it was. But they kept the Chargers three for six in the red zone. So the defensive personnel did make some stops in the game. They just couldn't make enough necessary stops, especially in the second half of the game. I mean, they were winded. You know, once once uh, Justin Herbert got in the rhythm in the passing game, you know, I mean, you could tell this Eagles defense was winded, man. You know, they, they, and, and it happens. Just like the Chargers defense was winded with the way the Eagles are running the football. I mean, I never thought I would see this this season. But Nick Sirianni has ran the ball now in back-to-back games, 85 times in back-to-back games. So the game plan was very accurate in terms of what he should do, run the football against the last-ranked defense in the National Football League. Now, granted, a lot of their yardage was picked up with uh, Hurts being able to escape because the Chargers did blitz. The Chargers did blitz Hurts on a number of occasions in the second half. He was able to spin out of it and pick up big first downs uh, for the team to keep drives alive, which led to touchdowns. But – I don't know how many teams that are going to respect this Eagles defense. You know, they're not going to play any more Detroit's, you know, they're mm-hmm. going to play some teams that are hurting right now. I mean, Hey, you know, I thought the giants were an automatic win. Who did the giants beat the, today? First place Raiders. 
Uh, that's what they beat. Yep. They beat the first place Raiders, right? Mm-hmm. They held the first yeah. place Raiders, a very high scoring team, with 16 points in their backyard. Okay. Yeah. And they yeah. won a game. So now they're three and five. They're right there with the Eagles now. Okay. So, you know, that Giants game could be a little bit different. Um, Washington is, 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 is not a good team overall, but it's a division game. You know, so 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 Nick Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon have to. Uh, I'm tired of saying this. They have to keep going back to the drawing board and figuring out what is our identity going to be. Now, Nick Sirianni said leading up to this game, our personality could change week to week. No, your personality shouldn't change. Concepts change, but your your your, your program, whatever your program is, you know Tennessee is going to run the football. And you may make them pass a little bit more than they want to, but they're going to come at you and run the football, and they dare you to stop them from running the football. You know teams like uh, Kansas City, uh, Tampa Bay, those are pass-first teams, and you have to make them come out of that. But that's their identity. We still don't know what the identity of this team is. We've seen them run the ball effectively against two of the worst run defenses in the National Football League. Now, when you get to Denver next week, you still have to try to run the football. Don't come out throwing the football and playing right into the opposition's hand, when, especially when you're on a road in a stadium where the um, the air is a lot thinner. Um, the game's going to be different. This Denver team's going to be jacked up because now they're that much closer to the first place after a huge upset win today. So, you know, your identity right now over the last eight days was run the football first pass. I think Jalen Hurts is a much better quarterback after watching him these last two games when he manages the offense instead of trying to be the offense. Right. Okay. Because of his athleticism. Now he's not a great, he's not a great thrower. And, and, and I've said that time and time again, he's great in the intermediate passing game. I mean, you know, he's a good passer in that regard, but he's not a great overall th- thrower, but he's a great athlete. And if you can establish this half of your game to take a lot of the pressure off of him in this half of the game, you're, you have a much more effective Jalen hurts and a much more effective Eagles offense. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I, I would joke about it saying that it felt like Buddy Ryan's offense for the longest time, where it was yeah. like, hey, Randall, go make yeah. a play. And that was the yeah. offense. That's yeah. what it felt like for the longest time with Nick Sirianni. It was like, hey, Jalen, just go keep making plays. But real quick on the defensive thing again that you were getting into, uh, yeah. Gunner, um, and Devin, I don't know if you saw this as well from Jeff McClain. For the fifth time this season, fifth in the last seven games, the Eagles defense allows the opposing quarterback to complete – more than 80% of his passes. Justin Herbert, go. 32 of 38, 84.2% for 356 yards, two touchdowns. Birds fall uh, in, in this game as well. Fifth time in seven games? Yes. Yes. No yes. bueno. No bueno. No yes. bueno. I've never seen that before. I've never seen a defense allow a quarterback five times, let alone two times, but five times in the season, and you still have what? You, you, you're three and six now, so – you know, you have eight games left to play, and it could happen again. And so, so five times within the first nine games, quarterbacks have completed in excess of eighty percent of their passes against your defense. That's gotten people fired. You know, stuff like that mm-hmm. gets people fired. You know, so if this continues, I don't know. Jonathan Gannon will finish out the season. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, now that that would that would shock me. <laughs> quite frankly well what 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 is like i don't want to say shocking but surprising to me in terms of i don't know the coaching dynamic but i i remember i forget after what week it was when our defense it was kind of like the realization game of like wow our defense really needs any type of scheme and and apparently uh uh, nick sirianni spoke pretty firmly to jonathan gannon and told him to to basically fix it um and 
if they're going back to the drawing board, like Degan, you say, and, and kind of creating a new personality, why it's mind blowing to me what that conversation would have been going into this game, right? Because mm. not, it, okay, we did really well against Lions. And yes, it's the Lions. We've said that a million times, but also still the defensive scheme worked that time. We were aggressive. We own the blitz more. And what the conversation was where Jonathan Gannon's like, hey, you know what? Let's just go back to to stopping the big play, to falling back, to letting their the, to let to letting Herbert just pass all over the field. It just is really frustrating to me. And I feel like every show we have a different coach that we're picking apart. And it's really usually Nick Sirianni or Jonathan Gannon. Um, but Jonathan Gannon definitely deserves the the criticism after this one. You, you can't you can't let these teams you can't let these teams just walk up and down the field on you and, and hit you underneath. Because you have a lot of receivers, if you let them, you let them catch enough passes underneath, they're going to find a seam somewhere and take it to the house, you mm-hmm. know. And you saw the route that Mike Williams ran across the field on that forty-nine yard reception. You know, he got past the cornerback, and Rodney McLeod thought he was going to break one way, and he broke the other way. Now you got him in one-on-one situation. First of all, great throw by Justin Herbert to put it where the DB couldn't get it, and an even greater catch by Mike Williams going down in the ground yeah. and, and picking that one off the turf turf to keep that drive alive but you're, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to come out of this two deep shell stuff you know you're gonna have to ask your corners now you have two corners in Darius Slay and and Steve Nelson who who may not be considered perennial pro, pro bowlers but they're pretty good cornerbacks and they're gonna have to come up and play more bump and run you're gonna have to disrupt timing in passing games they did absolutely nothing to disrupt the timing of the of the of the Chargers passing game and if nothing else, mess, mess up that, that rhythm so that a quarterback in certain situations may pat the ball just a little bit longer. It, it's amazing how we talk about this is a game of inches and it's a game of fraction of seconds. And sometimes that fraction of a second difference can be the difference between the ball being released from the quarterback's hand and the possibility of getting a quarterback sack. Mm-hmm. But Basically, they just watched this man stand back there and just went back on their heels and just said, okay, my goodness, where's the next one coming? And all he did was spread you thin across the field. And then once Darius Slay went out of the game, that made it even pick, e- easier pickings. Mm-hmm. You know, and, well, and I, for the life of me, I don't understand, Devin and Mark. Um, I, I understand you, do, you, you, you're limited in personnel. I get it. Mm-hmm. But there are things you can do differently. You got to send, like Mark said, you got to send backers. To just take a chance. Send somebody. Maybe you'll get the quarterback blindsided. Swipe the ball out of his hand. Get a fumble. Change the momentum. Anything. You've got to do something different. You don't think these coaches and players are smart enough after you get to pass the first 15, 20 plays to understand what an opposition is trying to do to you on either side of the football? And you make adjustments. This, 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 this guy, Gannon, doesn't make adjustments against better personnel. Your personnel is not good enough to match up against better personnel on the offensive side. So do something a little different. If it doesn't work in the first quarter, first 20-plus minutes of a game, you then have time to go back to what you know best. But at least don't just tell people, wave the flag, hey, this is what we're going to do so you can just keep coming after us and we'll just see what happens. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work at this level. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned Darius Slay. I want to go to a comment from Monkey Mind Bananas. He said, if we're watching Slay, <laughs> <laughs> that's literally his name, verified source here. If we're, But D, I have a point here because, Deegan, I saw a tweet from you that it reminded me of, and I want to yeah. talk to you about it. He said, yeah. if we're watching Slay in a receiver's pocket and can't break anything up, 
break anything up, then Slay can't tackle, get scored on, then he gets a holding penalty that keeps their drive alive. How is that on Gannon? Um, I know you mentioned Slay, and and we can talk about, you know, how that is on Gannon, but uh, I believe it was Slay tried to tackle someone up top, like 6'8", and yeah. you were like, why would you try to go, like, go for the right. legs, man? Right. So right. I want right. to get I want to get details and, and more uh, of your opinion on that. Okay, there's some validity to what, what, what that person said. Yeah, you're right. Mm. But uh, first of all, you're top. You're talking Pop Warner football. Hold on, hold on, Gunner, Gunner, Gunner. The what? man, the or the man or lady's name is uh, <laughs> monkey, m- more monkey bananas or something. I'm, I'm I don't trying, know. Like, monkey monkey bananas. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get past that, Mark. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying but they have a good that. point. They made, they bring yeah. up a good. point. I said Slay was there to make the play. He just didn't make the play. No, no. You're taught. You're taught from Pop Warner High School, college football. You know, when you're going, when you're tackling a bigger person, you go down low. Now, Darius Slay is, what, six foot and a couple hundred pounds. You're mm-hmm. talking about a man who's 6'8", 240 pounds, okay? Why would you try to ch- tackle him up in his chest when he has a wingspan like a California condor? And sure enough, all he did was just push you off and walk into the end zone. That was Darius Slay's mistake. But leading up to that, what are they doing? They're giving him too much cushion underneath. Look at how many out routes that Justin Herbert hit on them because they were giving them 10, 12-yard cushions. So I go back to what my point was. If you come up and play them a little bit tighter, Justin Herbert is not throwing those rhythmic throws. One, two, three, throw here. One, two, three, throw there in the middle of the field. He's standing back there, and you may have to have him survey to a second and third receiver instead of going to his primary target because you you got DBs playing bump and run against him. But because of the fact they did nothing to upset his rhythm, that kind of those kind of plays set up what happened in the play. There was a touchdown to part of so monkey no. monkey brains whatever your name is thank you for your question <laughs> i'm glad you, you said so it Devin. <laughs> i'm glad thank you for tackling that one uh oh, unlike slated hey oh all right that's enough oh, uh that's i, I do want to tell i do no, no 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 i uh in all seriousness i uh there's one thing um that uh, we, we let down steven nelson's penalty you reminded me of this gunner that was on a blitz so they the one time they blitzed they get a penalty. He hit Justin Herbert too low. Now, we'll get into more on the defense. We'll also talk a little bit more about Jalen Hurts when we come back because a little bit later in the show, we're going to be joined from the link. Our good friend John McMullen will be joining us from the link to break it all down and also let us know what Nick Sirianni had to say after this game and also some of the players from Jalen Hurts addresses the media as well. But you are watching live post-game show, and it is presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the live show. Go for the win. More live post-game show when we return. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. 
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The live post-game show is powered by IBEW Local 98. Basketball is part of how we grew up in this city. And every morning, IBEW Local 98 members take their best shot building this city, rescuing our community from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are, like the Hawks who will never die. Local 98 members love tradition. John Doherty. Business manager of Local 98 says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Welcome back, live post game show. Mark Barzett, Derek Gunn, Devin Caney with you. John McClellan joining, joining the show coming up in just a minute. Do want to let you guys know that this show is sponsored by First Trust Bank. Don't forget, check out Media YouTube channel tomorrow morning, Birds 365 with Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. First Trust Bank, the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. So that show right there brought to you by First Trust Bank. Uh, we're talking a lot about Jonathan Gannon today, as most people would assume. After another horrendous performance by this Eagles defense, um, something else I wanted to talk about in that third, excuse me, in that fourth quarter. Let's talk about a positive for a second here. We mentioned Nick Sirianni. We've only mentioned Jalen Hurts. After the Chargers went up twenty-four to seventeen, Jalen Hurts did something that Jalen Hurts we really haven't gotten an opportunity to really watch him do, which was drive this team down the field be accurate, use his legs, and basically will this team to a touchdown with Devontae Smith capping it off on that drive. That was an opportunity for Jalen Hurts to really take charge, and I'm telling you, I root for this guy almost more so than any other athlete because he's got the mindset and the mentality, and we talk, Devin, you say it all the time, uh, mentally on steroids. Mm-hmm. It was great to see as a guy that always says, you know, you can't be worried about results. Well, the results mattered on that drive because he went and got him. He willed this team to that score. Nick Sirianni didn't get in his way. He converted three, four, or three third down or two third down positions there, uh, possessions, and then also capped it off with that Devontae Smith touchdown. I, I thought that was that was finally the Jalen Hurts coming into his own that we needed to see really all season long. You, you can't. You. I don't think you can put a game. Uh, on Jalen Hurts' shoulders right now at, at, at this level of his development. Mm-hmm. The last two games are the perfect indication of how to utilize his skills. you got to establish the ground attack. You've got to keep a defense on his heels and, you know, and then let him do his thing. Get him out of the pocket. Let him roll outside of the pocket and, and have that ability to either run 
or or find find somebody down the field. And, and I've said this a number of th- times. I think he throws better on the move than he does standing in the pocket. Although he threw a great ball to Devonta Smith for that twenty-eight uh, yard touchdown that tied the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think overall his game is better suited when he he's on the move. And as we saw, as you just talked about, you know the fact that he was able to get out of the pressure. Uh, the Chargers did a poor job on their blitzes of keeping him in the pocket. They let him roll outside of the pocket, and he burned him a couple of times. He has quickness of ru- enough to run away from outside any outside containment and, in a lot of cases, uh, safeties and cornerbacks. And he showed that athleticism, especially in the one where he picked up the first down where he flipped forward like mm. Willie like, like Willie Beeman from any given Sunday. You know, <laughs> you know and, and so I think that that's how Jalen is best suited. But it all begins yeah. with establishing the run. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to see Jalen Hurst throwing the football 35, 40, 45 times a game, you know, like a, like a Justin Herbert, uh, like a Derek Carr. He's not that, that kind of quarterback. They've been groomed to be those types of quarterbacks. He wasn't that type of quarterback when he was at Oklahoma. He didn't have to be because of the great pass catchers he had when he was in college. He's got some great young pass catchers now who are still learning the game at this level. They're doing a great job. When you talk about Devonta Smith, Quez Watkins, and you look at the age of these guys, they're doing a great job making big catches, um, getting separations, earning their respect across the National Football League. But they're still young and learning the game at this level. They're good enough to compete. They're good enough to make uh, games exciting. But they still have a few more games to get under their belt before they take this thing to the next level. Mm-hmm. I think that drive, the the one where Jalen Hurts was doing uh, acrobatics, um, that if the Eagle, I think that showed us a glimpse into what the Eagles could be. Mm -hmm. I think that shows promise. And, you know, we're always talking about, you know, just making progress, making adjustments. If Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen can, can devise a game plan and work with Jalen Hurts to create a game plan that allows him to play like that, like that one drive Mm -hmm. throughout an entire game, I think the Eagles would have a much better record and will have a much better record. I think, again, mm-hmm. it's, he's learning as he goes. I love Jalen Hurts' mentality. I don't love his accuracy, but I also love that Devontae Smith finally got some some nice uh, catches, including a touchdown on that drive, where especially at the start of the game, you know, not just Devontae, but Dallas Goddard, we just saw those accuracy issues again, and I mm-hmm. think he cleaned them up. Jalen Hurts cleaned them up in, in the second half of it. But uh, it's stuff like that that, like, you know, he does – do a flip to get a first down, but then you're like, okay, but you literally missed Dallas Goddard by like 10 feet in the, in the first quarter. And that can be pretty frustrating to watch. Mm -hmm. And he was under pressure uh, on that particular play. So I will say that, but, but, but no, still, you got to make that throw regardless. Just he was Um, Devontae Smith, that 28 yard touchdown pass that he got from Jalen Hurts. It was a 10 play drive, 78 yards. They took five minutes, 25 seconds to do it. That's how long the drive was very balanced attack again. And, the reason I think that drive in particular means so much is because Jalen Hurts had so much riding on that particular drive because this was the time where we're finally seeing Nick Sirianni over to these last two games, and it feels good to say it, last two games, not just against the Lions, but these last two games where you saw Nick Sirianni really help out his quarterback. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought he, this was his best game planned, his best play calling that he's had. He worried me a little bit in his first couple possessions where they only really ran the ball once or twice, I believe it was, in their first 10 plays. And I thought, what happened to that guy that said he was going to run the ball five times of his first seven plays that they had scripted against the Lions? That balance wasn't there. He totally turned that around as the game went on because he was playing the worst run defense in the NFL. 
So he took the workload off his quarterback shoulders. Then when they were down in the fourth quarter, which is a time where you can make an excuse a little bit to get away from running the ball, he didn't. He still stuck with it. When they went down early in the game, he still stuck with the run. He never hit the panic button in this game. And when he needed to hand the ball to his quarterback to say, hey, go make me a play, those two separate third down conversions, Jalen Hurts stepped up in a huge way to make those plays become first downs, get him a new set of downs, mm-hmm. get a new new set of downs, and then also be able to find a guy downfield like he did with Devontae. We haven't really seen many opportunities for Devontae Smith to do that. Against the Panthers, he was able to do it, and he certainly cashed in there. This was a game where you really got to see him take the reins as a starting quarterback in the NFL. And why did that happen in today's game? Because his coach was actually there to help him out doing it with a good game plan and good game calling as or good play calling as well. So seeing that kind of come together offensively was great. But then on the other side of it, to see it fall apart defensively, I don't I don't know what what Gannon is, is supposed to do at this point, other than how do you how do you ignore being aggressive in a game like this in particular? And I do have one specific uh one specific example. Do you see the way Davion Taylor was playing tonight? Uh-huh. I will say this. I'm not putting this guy in a Pro Bowl by any means, and I'm not even saying that he had some kind of great game. But that man was looking to hit somebody. One right. was a horrible right. whiff on what ended up being right. the game-winning drive. Right. But how do you not, early in the game, maybe in the third quarter, maybe not when, when everything's not on the line, how do you not try to just send him into the backfield and try to make a play for you and try to disrupt things? That exactly. man was looking to get aggressive exactly. and get in the backfield tonight. And Jonathan Gannon, I guess maybe he'll realize that on film. But when you see somebody that is – being that aggressive, let him loose. Take the reins of it. Take you know, take the just let him go after a quarterback. And he was he did not do that tonight. Why why are you why are you surprised with the way the defensive scheme played itself out today? Uh, and and I'm like you. I'm sitting here and I'm saying Jonathan Gannon should have done this, should have done that. Right. But the but the book on him has been up to this point against better personnel. He shows way too much respect. Mm-hmm. Now obviously he stepped out of character and they attacked Detroit all day long. Because it was like going to a gunfight with a cap gun playing the Lions. Okay. Mm-hmm. Detroit had nothing to counter with. So he yeah. did it all day and he got a monkey off his back for at least one week. But <laughs> I, I'm not surprised one bit when you talk about who the other quarterback was, the personnel he had at his disposal. I'm not surprised one bit with what I saw. And you can see it was evident right from the jump how they were going to play him. You know, Chargers walked down the field right from the opening jump and I'm sitting there going, Look at the cushion that they're giving these guys. Are you kidding me? Look, huh. look at, and they just walk right down the field. So I'm I'll, not, I'll, I'm I'll not tell surprised you one bit. I'll tell you. Okay, I'm not surprised because I know he's not a good defensive coordinator. However, when I watch Nick Sirianni make adjustments, and I know he's in the ear all the time of, of Jonathan Gannon and Devin, as you pointed out, he even called him up and, and they met and they you know reamed him out for not making big plays and you know not coming up and making those plays. I, if that's going to happen from your head coach, then why can't you do what your head coach and play call are doing on the offensive side of things right. and do the same thing? Say, you know what? Here's our best play. Go ahead and beat it. Like every once in a while, you got to be able to dictate the play to to the offense about what they need to do. Not just sit back and say, all right, they're going to make a mistake eventually. You got to be aggressive sometimes. You saw Nick Sirianni make adjustments. You saw him take a lot of what he did against the Lions and apply it here. Not because you were going to have the same success, but because of the same philosophy – can lead to success. And what did we talk about a lot last week? All right, this isn't going to work every time because this is the Lions. But there are philosophies here that you can cut and paste from this game and apply it to the next game against the Chargers. I saw Nick Sirianni. I saw Jalen Hurts. I saw Boston Scott. I certainly saw Jordan Howard really take a lot of things that they did in that last game and they were able to do it. They were let loose in this particular game. 
I didn't see really one thing from, from Jonathan Gannon that went, okay, this is what we did well in that game. Let's apply it to this one. The one time that you might be able to say you even saw something like that was, as we pointed out earlier, the Steven Nelson penalty in that second quarter. That was really the only time. Other than that, I didn't see anything from Jonathan Gannon to go, wow, Nick Sirianni looks like he's learning on the job. He's improving. Jalen Hurts improving. Jonathan Gannon, I think he's still the same guy from week one. And that's, that, I mean, that week one game against the Falcons, the Falcons are terrible, so we can say that. But still, I haven't seen anything from Jonathan Gannon to go, this guy's really getting it. He's learning. He's being brought along. He's being brought along. I, I haven't seen him really do anything. I just see him try to rely on an offense to make mistakes. Well, I, I would say Jonathan Gannon has been extremely inconsistent. Um, he, he, he had a good game plan, uh, obviously, against the Falcons. And as we saw the Falcons, which are, which are getting better every week, by the mm. way, um, they were not ready coming out of the gate. I thought the game plan was pretty good against the 49ers. You know, they held the 49ers to 17 points, but then it got out of control. I mean, Dallas blasted them. The Raiders blasted them. The Chargers blasted them. You know, and I just think his 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 so-called philosophy is is just inconsistent. You know, and you know when he said that I don't have a, a scheme, I have a philosophy, and then he tried to cover it up the next week, saying, "Well, I do have a scheme." No, you don't. No, you really no no you really don't. You know, you know, um, I, and and I, and I wonder if it's a lack of trust in personnel, and and I say that because when I look at the Eagles' D line, they have enough depth and talent. To get home uh, on the back end of their defense. They may not be sprinkled with pro bowlers, but the two corners and Anthony Harris was back at safety along with Roddy McLeod are all proven veterans. They've been around the block a few times. The only real weak link on this defense really is the linebackers. And there's ways to cover up those deficiencies by blitzing them or instead of having three backers, put two in and bring in a fifth DB um, to, to play as well. You know, you can, you can play a four, two, five in a lot of cases, um, and, and, you know, and, and get your two best linebackers out there. Now, obviously, when you talked about them trying to cover the likes of Jared Cook and the kid Parnum, you knew that was going to be a mismatch. And as it showed, the tight ends chewed them up uh, today in the secondary. But you can do certain things and utilize them in certain ways to disguise some of their deficiencies. But when you don't even a blitz 30% of the time, you know, you're just playing right into the opposition's hands. You know, for every for every Detroit and even teams with losing records, if you look at a lot of teams in the National Football League right now with losing records, they have offensive personnel, offensive weapons that can do damage. There are very few Detroits in the National Football League. So you're going to have to basically put more trust in your guys. Now, just like your guys get paid, these guys get paid over here to make plays. They are going to get make they're going to make X amount of plays. You can minimize the amount of plays they make by doing something a little different. And again, I can't emphasize the word enough. Put more blitzing in your overall packages. You have to put more blitzing because you're not getting home with just your four-man rush. Okay? And the right side of the of the Chargers offensive line were backups. I would have been attacking the right side of the line all day long. You know, Justin Herbert, he can run a little bit. And as we saw him scramble for that touchdown, he can run a little bit but he's not very elusive like a Jalen Hurts. I would have attacked him all day until you made him change it, to be quite honest with you. So, Do you guys want to uh, hear a fun stat? 
that I, uh, I love just saw from Chris Infante from uh, Philadelphia Sports Nation. The Eagles defense is on pace to allow the highest completion percentage in NFL history, not That's just this season in history. They're currently allowing 75.5% after today. Next is the Jags 2021D allowing 74 then 2016 Detroit, 72.7. Then 2018 Bucks. Then 2011 Colts. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> oh, 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 by the way. Oh, by the way, you mentioned the Jaguars. Uh, I think they held a very prolific offense in the Buffalo Bills to six points today. How about that? Uh, yeah, okay, so obviously they changed up something mm-hmm. because I, I, don't, I don't know of many teams that can hold Buffalo to six points, let alone a team that's completely rebuilding like Jacksonville. But they did something right today to hold that team down and see, that's what we're talking about. You make adjustments here. You don't have to change your personality and identity, but you do have to change what's not working. And what you're doing right now against better competition is not working because as Devin just talked about, you're allowing quarterbacks to complete at a 75% clip, which is an embarrassing high ratio in the national football league. You keep doing that. You are not going to win many games at this level, plain and simple. Hmm. Um, is it a compliment? Let me just ask this question real quick. Is it a compliment that Jonathan Gannon did something for a first time today? Like, we really haven't seen too many tight ends beat the brakes off the Eagles. And although Cook didn't have a great game, he had a great first half, we hadn't seen really too many tight ends really get after the Eagles. They were able to get after the Eagles today. Uh, so that's new. That's a new way that Jonathan Gannon's been beat. So is that is that a positive at all? Diversity, diversity in, in the <laughs> lack of scheme, I guess. Depends there we go. Who, now, depends, it depends on who you're playing. Okay. So if, if, if I'm Gannon, though, and go thinking about that stat, and you're about to give up, you know, the worst completion percentage ever, don't, don't you just think for a second that, hey, you know what? Maybe instead of giving somebody time, you know, a second and a half, two seconds, balls out, Maybe you know the ball just comes out like that. Why, why, why not try to do something a little bit different as opposed to letting that quarterback feel like he's uh, you know staying at you know you know uh, you know the most comfortable lap of luxury he could ever have in his own pocket? I don't get it. I, I don't I don't understand it. Um, and if I'm Nick Sirianni, I'm having a few more closed door meetings with with Jonathan Gannon um, because if you put up 24 points in a game. Um, you you can win a good good measure of games if you have a halfway decent defense, you know. Yeah. Um, and again, I can't I can't emphasize it enough. The Eagles' defensive personnel that they have is not that bad. How they're being utilized is what makes it look worse than it should. I'm still trying to get over the fact that 75 percent completion ratio that that <laughs> is that is frightening. You know, th- th- to think about that your defense can't bow up. And keep a guy around 60, 62% in a game? Mm-hmm. 65, maybe? I mean, I mean, Boy, is that frightening. Well, it almost I makes it know, seem like I, he shouldn't be in his position. <laughs> Sorry. No, well, no, yeah, and, and if you want to go back, he he just added Jim Schwartz's secondaries. Uh, it, most recently, 2020 allowed 68.7. So, I mean, it's not 75.5, but still not great. But, yeah, no, it's pretty terrible. 68% is still much more manageable than 75, 77% yeah. completion. Woo. Yeah. Even I mean, today's, even today's NFL, even today's past yeah. happy NFL where, you know, yes. quarterbacks do get into that rhythm and quarterbacks are so well protected right. and all that. That's, that is difficult to do. 
That is right. really difficult to Absolutely. do. Absolutely. And I th- the only game that Justin Herbert had pe- posted a better passer rating than the one he put up tonight against the Eagles, he was two points better against the Chiefs, I believe, in week two of the season or week three of the season. So I ask every single week, especially with Jonathan Gannon, because uh, let's say I don't look at Jonathan Gannon's personnel and say, oh, how is he not being better with this amazing personnel? However, even as bad as that might be, I don't think he's maximizing the talent on this personnel. For instance, Javon Hargrave, who started out like gangbusters, was like leading the league in sacks as a defensive tackle this year, has basically been invisible. Fletcher Cox has been pretty much invisible all season long. You look at the way this team has played throughout, and they, you, really nobody jumps out to you as overly impressive, and Avante Maddox got dinged up today uh, early in this game. So when you look at some of these guys on defense, I don't look at Jonathan Gannon saying, oh, well, come on, these guys are great. But still, he's not maximizing the talent that he does have in front of him. He's not playing to the strengths of Fletcher Cox. He's not playing to the strengths of Javon Hargrave. He is simply waiting for that mistake to be made. And when a professional quarterback that has any uh, is at, at all worthy of being a pro quarterback in the NFL, when they have time or they know they're not going to get pressured, guess what they're going to do? They're going to feel calm. They're going to feel confident. They're going to be collected and they're going to deliver strikes over the middle of the field, down the field. They'll run the ball to take even more pressure off themselves and they'll continue to move the ball down the field. If you're Jonathan Gannon, you got to do something to dial that up and make sure that you're knocking them off their game because they look way too comfortable. And as I said earlier, I looked at the Derek Carr game. I watched a little bit of that again, leading up to this game, leading up to this week, because I thought, if Justin Herbert can sit back, if, if Derek Carr can sit back there and be that comfortable and look that great, Justin Herbert, with the threat of running the football as well, with his own legs, that's going to be even more of a mind-numbing statistic or mind-numbing game for what he could do against this defense. And sure enough, no improvement, same game plan, no pressure. Justin Herbert allowed to sit back there and just continue those stats that it seems like every quarterback can put up against this defense because they're not under pressure. Is there anything that you like about the Eagles' defense? Uh, I like Avante Maddox when he's healthy. <laughs> I like okay. that he makes plays. Uh, okay. And I like that Davion – I like TJ Edwards was hitting people today. And I like Davion Taylor at least showing some aggression out there on a football field. That's it. Okay. Even though he whiffed like you would have – like he reminded me, Davion Taylor and his whiff uh, of Eckler, I think it was, running down the right sideline. It reminded me of when a, when a uh, four-hole hitter in baseball – sees a changeup but thinks it's a fastball and just like muscles up on it and tries to smack that and just totally overswings and they turn into oh, corkscrew man. and they fall, you know, go, they go three feet into the earth right, because right. of how bad they corkscrew. That's what that reminded me of. But I thought, you know what? At least that's somebody that wants to hit somebody out there on this defense. Let me see more of that. Except actually making the play. That would be that would that that would be better. There you go. All right. All right. I'll give uh, you that. Uh we have something interesting coming up. We have, uh, on this show, we have a first coming up. We're going to play for you a couple of minutes in Nick Sirianni's press conference where hopefully we get some answers. That's going to come up very soon here on the live postgame show. But first, I do want to tell you that we are brought to you by the wonderful people of Stateside Vodka. See the scroll below and use the code JACOB, J-A-K-I-B, for 15% off a one-liter bottle of Stateside Vodka. That's statesidevodka.com. See the lovely merchandise behind me. At the end of the year, Gunner, uh, Devin, we're going to have a party. And I'm I'm supplying with stateside vodka. Those, right those, bottle, those bottles are empty. That's nothing but water. I know at this point bottles. we've made yeah. the joke that, like every loss you've just drank yeah. one of them, and at this point they're all empty. They're just filled with water. Hey, hey Devin, <laughs> hey Devin, you notice that it seems like every week more one more bottles added to the shelf. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Oh I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I don't oh, know. Maybe it's I, just me. 
I ain't fooling you none. I ain't fooling you none. Uh, a little bit later in the show, we're going to be joined by John McMullen live from the link. But when we come back, we'll hear a little bit from Flower Power himself, Nick Sirianni, when we return on live postgame show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. The live postgame show is powered by IBEW Local 98. Welcome back live post game show 6abc.com as well as the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Mark Farzetta, Derek Gunn, Devin Caney with you. Coming up, John McMullen will join the show. We're exclusively presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the live show. Go for the win. Ladies and gentlemen, first on live post game show, we're going to hear a couple of minutes from Nick Sirianni's opening remarks from his press conference after the Eagles' 27 to 24 loss at the hands of the LA Chargers. About the two-minute warning after that first and fifteen play, what was that about? After the two, oh, after the first and fifteen, they had the play action to the tight end. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm, I'm actually, I, I had, I was, I was on them a couple times, so I'm not really sure which one you're talking about. But uh, yes, it's just the heat of the game. Sometimes is you, you kind of, um, 
that, that happens sometimes. I always, I always understand that the officials have a very tough job and that their job is hard too in that, um, um, you know, and it's kind of what, kind of how it goes for full circle. I'll, I'll, I'll recognize that even though if sometimes I'll get on them, but they did, they have a tough job and I, they did, they did their job and they did. They did. I don't, I don't actually, I'm sorry. What was his explanation? It appeared that the offensive lineman, it was an illegal offensive lineman downfield. downfield. What was the official's explanation? They, you know, I thought it was, they thought it wasn't. And so, I mean, that's the way it goes sometimes. I, you know, with, uh, with that play, we've actually, as our offense, you know, we know we've made strides as a uh, on penalties as our team. We've actually stopped running that play because we didn't think we could um, get that off without our guys being downfield. And so that was my that was my conversation with them. And I have to look at the tape. And and uh, again, I know they have a hard job. And so I'm not I'm not here to criticize them at all. Um, you know, they said they were two yards downfield, which is legal. And so I got to trust that. Uh, in that. On that Justin Parker's Herbert. final drive, what would you have liked your defense to do differently? Um, well, obviously, you want like they, they kept them in the you know third and one, fourth and one. Obviously, you want to be able to get the stop. And um, uh, I thought they did a good job of not jumping off sides. Chargers, you know, uh, I, I thought they were. I would thought they were might uh, kick the field goal after they went the no brainer, but um, they didn't. And hats off to them. They 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 executed. But anytime anytime you they convert on a short yardage, I mean. I know that the percentages are high on short yardage. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what they are league-wide, but uh, um, yeah, obviously you just want to get a stop in that scenario. And so um, I'll have to look at the tape of, of you know the execution, uh, the call, and everything like that. But you just want to get a stop there in that scenario and give the ball back uh, to the offense. I mean, that's, that's, that's the name of the game, and that's what you want, that's what you want to happen in that scenario. Four completion uh, percentage for Justin Herbert. Did uh, Jonathan uh, mix it up enough uh, to your satisfaction? You know, I, obviously... Anytime you play a quarterback uh, like Justin Herbert, there's no surprise. I think he's a good quarterback. We all know he's a good quarterback. Um, you got to be on your A game, and you got to be, and it, and it starts with us as coaches. And so, and and I'm not going to say you know Jonathan anything because that's you know my name's on that, right? So whatever happens out there on that field, my name's on. Offensively, defensively, I'm not I'm not the offensive coordinator. I'm the head coach. So, um, but again, it's all of us together. So it's it's myself. It's first myself. Um, getting the right calls and putting the players in position, then Jonathan, and then the players executing. And so, um, of course, of course, again, uh, you know, when a guy comes away, he's 84. percent You don't, you, you're going to say that we didn't do our job, right? And so, um, we just got to be better. Again, I'll have to go look at the tape and look at all the calls, but um, obviously not good enough uh, uh, by my, starting with myself and, and and by the defense there uh, with the with the pass defense. How did you feel like Jalen handled himself in that fourth? Drive, the one that yeah, he was, he was. He was great, I think. <laughs> I think that's what he's <laughs> yeah. going to go into there. And, and, and that, was, that, that was pretty good, man. That, that, is Nick Sirianni a ventriloquist? Man, he did a lot of talking and his lips weren't moving. <laughs> <laughs> he's just so stone faced after a loss like that. Um, but I give him a lot of credit. He was pretty honest, especially with the play he was talking about where he, the right, cameras right. caught him. Pretty fired up on the sidelines. I believe that was in the third quarter of the game. It was a 10-10 game at the time. And I guess he thought his guys uh, – or excuse me, that uh, – yeah, that uh, his guys were upfield. And he was arguing with the official about it. And he pretty honest and open about it. What he, And I know, Devin, you're – I don't think you're – I think you uh, you agree with him on that. On what? On, on As far Harris. as being – no, as far as being uh, angry at that particular oh, play. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean – I think, well, we didn't see him moving his lips in that press conference, but I think, uh, 
I, I know that he, he talked about flowers and, and, you know, Mark, I feel like you always bring up uh, Nick Sirianni's first press conference, but I do feel like we're seeing him become a little bit more of a, a head coach. I, I hope Definitely. I don't take that back starting like next week. I feel like every time I say something like that, I'm like, ah, and we're bringing it back. We're just kidding. But um, no, I, <laughs> I do agree with him on, on that. Uh, and then the other thing was other than just uh, Jalen Hurts playing great, the one thing I would have liked a little bit more information on, and um, the question was asked of Nick Sirianni about what do you want to see Jonathan Gannon do on that final drive or the last possession it was of in the Chargers. Mm. And um, I, that's where I think he got a little got a little tight-lipped, as to be expected. I don't know too many head coaches that are going to be like, well, how about this? How about not be terrible? How about that? <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not expecting sure. him to say that. But yeah. I think he does want him to be more aggressive. And, Devin, you brought up this point many times before when talking mm. about how he did lay into and lean into uh, a guy like Jonathan Gannon for his play calling earlier in the season for not being aggressive enough and, and realizing that that's a, a, a way they need to play more as a defense. And going into this particular week, Jonathan Gannon was asked during his press conference about his relationship with uh, Nick Sirianni. And he said that one of the things that's so great about him is that he treats you like a human being, not just a coach. And Sirianni, they, they, he highlighted a conversation where Sirianni called him. He didn't get into specifics as to what type of game it was or what which game it was. But Sirianni said, he, or, uh, Gannon said that Sirianni called him just to say, hey, man, how you doing? Like, this isn't to ream me out. This isn't to say you need to do a better job. Just how you doing? I don't know what the conversation is after this game, but I'm going to go ahead and assume it's going to be more like the game you saw against uh, Kansas City, for instance. Mm. Or like you saw against the Raiders, for instance, where you're not exactly going to be tough. You're not going to be you know, being sweet and charming. If, if anything, you're going to be more in the tough love variety. Like, what are you doing on that last drive where Justin Herbert was able, was allowed to do anything he wanted to do in that particular game? So that's something that I think we all want to see. And, and real quick, uh, Kevin Agandi, ESPN, Temple, Temple guy, not for nothing. Uh, I think he wanted to see a lot of the same stuff as well. This is what Kevin Agandhi had to say after the game uh, when uh, when tweeting about it, and I think we're all on the same page here. Eagles showed growth and progress on offense, and that's all we can ask. Can we also have a defensive coordinator who is not afraid to play aggressive and avoid a uh, charming soft coverage? Yeah, I, I would. I think we can all get on the same page. Charming soft, I love it. I love that is the perfect way to describe the Eagles' defense today and pretty much every game this season. Charming soft coverage. I, I, I could not agree more. In all honesty, Gunner, we've seen defenses play passive in the past. I can't remember too many defenses that were this passive. Like even Jim Schwartz, who wasn't blitzing for all those years, was still getting pressure somehow from his defensive line. This year, it seems like we're not even getting that. Well, we're not getting it consistently, that's for sure. Um, and I don't know why. Um because even with uh, just Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave, they should be able to collapse the inside of that pocket on a more frequent basis, and it hasn't happened. So it's a hit or miss. You know, they're like they're like bullies when it comes to playing inferior op opponents. Well, the only real inferior opponent they've played this year was the Detroit Lions. You know, mm -hmm. but when when they have played, when you have a team that can stand up to them, is all of a sudden your key players disappear. You know, um, you know, Darius Slay, um, you know, Mike Williams didn't kill him for a big overall day. He killed him on that one pass play, you know, but you, you've got you've got to have something in your back pocket that when I as the opposition sit down and watch every game that you play this year, 
I'm not going to see a certain facet of what you're going to throw out there. And I think this defense has become way too predictable um, in situations. And if you have two things, if you have a quarterback who can get the ball out in a decent amount of time, less than three seconds, and if you have some decent pass catchers, you can have uh, your way with this Eagles defense. And I can't wait to see at the end of the season what the overall number is going to be in terms of quarterback's completion percentage uh, against this defense. Um, it, it could be it could be mind blowing at that particular time just how bad it's really been. Now the scary part is if if uh, if any of their frontline secondary players go down for any great length of time, well, what you're putting in there is more inexperienced, which means it could be even worse than what we've seen up to this point. Oh boy. That's horrifying. That's horrifying. That's a horrifying. <laughs> horrifying is the only word for it. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just here to give you positivity. That's, that's what I call you. The, the, the gunner mm-hmm. sunshine, basically mm-hmm. all the time. That's kind of hey, how we, hey, are. Hey, hey, don't say that publicly, please. <laughs> <laughs> I did talk to somebody gunner, Devin, you'd love this. I talked to somebody recently uh, who was talking to me about gunner. And uh, and I said, yeah, just make sure you offer him a pumpkin spice latte because that's what he that's what gets it going for Gunner. Go. That's what Wait, that's what makes his day. There you go, Gunner. You know what? While we're on the subject, really quick, uh, good friend Marshall Harris. He used to Mark. Oh, yeah. You probably know him as well. Uh, has for weeks been bugging me to ask you about your nickname, and that is Mister Potato Head. Do you have any comment on that? Really? really? I, every week Marshall? after week, I forget. And then he's Marshall? like, did you ask him about it? Did you ask him? So here we are uh, live on air. No, I'm asking no, you about Mr. Potato Head. Number one, I will not answer that question. Number two, nor will <laughs> I tell you what I call Marshall in retaliation. Um, this is a family program. And so I'm just, <laughs> going to, I'm just going to keep it clean from this All point right, on. Kid show, kid but, show. I, but I will be giving Mr. Harris a call. Uh, either tonight or tomorrow to discuss this further away from the airwaves. Uh, and, and, I know, oh, wow. and I know, and I know when I tell him that you brought it up on this show, he is going to be crying laughing, but <laughs> you know, so no, gotcha. Understood. 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 I love it. I love it. Uh, coming up. Uh, we are going to, uh, there was an unfortunate incident and we'll get to that uh, a little bit later. Uh, but John McMullen will join the show coming up in just a minute uh, as live post game show rolls on. But I will tell you also that this show is exclusively presented by ocean casino resort. Go for the live show. Go for the win. John McMullen will, when we return on live post game show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. 
At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Basketball is part of how we grew up in this city, and every morning, IBEW Local 98 members take their best shot building this city, rescuing our community from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are, like the Hawks who will never die. Local 98 members love tradition. John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way, the best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Welcome back. Live post-game show. Mark Farzetta, Derek Gunn, Devin Caney with you on the Jacob Media YouTube channel as well as 6abc.com. Let's get to our man on the scene. Live from the link, John McQuellen. He's presented by Mesa Law and Associates. Need a tough injury lawyer? Call Mesa and Associates. John McMullen, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Good, good suppose. Could be better if the Eagles won, but they didn't. Um, the main culprit in all our minds right now is Jonathan Gannon, Eagles defensive coordinator. Everything else looked like it was working pretty well. What was said after the game? Yeah, I mean, uh, look, this team has had a really, really difficult time against good quarterbacks. We we documented that pretty consistently, the completion percentage you saw it again, and I, you know, I came in with uh, a, a a football crush on on Justin Herbert before he played. Was it the you hair? Imagine, it was the hair, wasn't it, John? Uh, you can imagine where it is now. I mean, that that kid is phenomenal, and he's going to be that good for a number of years. I, you know, I'm kind of amazed as I sit here and and look at the way he he played, and the Eagles were in this game and they lose 27-24. A lot of it was, you know, the two fourth down stops uh, in the first half, uh, which really kind of swung the game, or I thought it could have gotten kind of ugly. I, I just kind of look at this in a bigger picture standpoint. I'm like, the margin of error is so small for this team because they can't throw the football consistently. Yeah. And then they have a guy on the other side who's just slinging it all, all over. At one point I said, if I were the Chargers, I'd never run the ball again. And if I were the Eagles, I'd never pass the ball again. Now, the Eagles did have that great drive to tie up the game, uh, and they got some things going to Devontae Smith. But, boy, it's just so difficult for them to 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 play this style of offense. And, and there's just such a small margin of error, to be honest. 
Hey, John, would you agree with uh, what I had said earlier that in watching this Eagles offense function the last couple of games, I think uh, the offense in general and Jalen Hurts in particular would be better suited to make that a significant part of your identity in terms of running the football. It takes a lot of pressure off of Hurts, number one, and it allows Hurts to manage a game better instead of trying to, to carry the offense on his shoulders. Yeah, I, I do think that's the way this Eagles team should play, and I think that's the way they've kind of settled into it and sort of finally come up with an identity we've been talking about. This is two weeks in a, a row where they've run the football, they've run the football effectively, um, and then you have some play action off of that. It was really successful to Devontae Smith. And then when they get inside the 10-yard line, they're really, really effective with those sort of, even if it isn't a zone read, it's the zone read mechanics because teams are, are, are so freaked out that Jalen Hurts might pull the ball and go outside. Mm -hmm. it, it's giving them all these kinds of looks. That's why they've had so many inside zone touchdowns over the last couple of weeks. So I think that's the formula. That's the identity. Uh, but, you know, that's because it has to be. And I don't think they want it to be that. I think they want to be able to sling the ball all over the place like the Chargers. They just don't have the capability to do that no. right now. No, no. Um, I Going back to the defense, because I, I think a lot of the pressure and criticism is falling on, on Jalen Hurts when most of it, uh, at least in this game, it's, is on the defense. Um, I saw that Javon Hargrave was asked about how he feels the Eagles – played and if they should have ran more blitzes and he said that he's not the defensive coordinator <laughs> uh were you were you there when he said that and and what was the overall yeah. like vibe I, it's a little concerning because he's what now the second player that's kind of come out and said something yeah I think in J Javon's case it was a little bit different I mean he's always kind of soft-spoken kind of understated uh, was more of you know I do my job I'm not really focused on that other kind of stuff whereas I think when Fletcher said it was more uh, out of frustration, uh, I, I, they did throw a couple blitzes really in the first half. I think they were more aggressive and it didn't work. Um, and then they, they went back into their more uh, conventional uh, scheme, which hasn't worked against good quarterbacks. I mean, it hasn't. There's no other way to look at it, even if you force a team to go 15, 17 plays, if they go 15, 17 plays, uh, I think the mentality is, well, they'll make a mistake. And I thought maybe this week was the week where that would come true because you're dealing with a younger quarterback who might get a little frustrated with taking what's there and might try to push the football down the field. But he didn't do that. So yeah, it looks ugly at the end of the day. We're, we're sitting here looking at the fifth passer, uh, over 80% against this defense. And, and the strange thing is, you know, the corners have had a very good year overall. Uh, Darius Slay, Steve Nelson, Avante Max. Now, Darius went down. Avante was out for a while as well. So that affected things. But I, I think it ended up they hit uh, – they had no sacks. They hit 
uh, Justin Herbert once in this game. And when they did, it was Steve Nelson, which, by the way, was a blitz, and he got called for a penalty. So that kind of sums it up. Right. Uh, let's. I want to talk about the drive you mentioned earlier with Jalen Hurts. How much do you think that drive, other than tying the game, of course, at twenty-four all? How do you think? How much do you think that drive meant to Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni? Because I thought it was great play calling from Nick Sirianni, and I thought it was just all-out effort by Jalen Hurts as well as talent on that drive. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that was the best Eagles drive of the year. I really, I really do. When you see mm. uh, the the confluence of the the running game and what Jalen offers uh, from the ability to get out of the pocket and extend plays, I think he converted to two third downs, third and fours, uh, with great plays. He made passes. Nick Sirianni called him a stud on that drive, and unfortunately, the Chargers got the ball back. And took up the rest of the time, uh, and and it's frustrating. But yeah, I thought that was the best Eagles drive of the season. But to Jalen's credit, he didn't want to talk about that because they lost the game, and he's very consistent about that. Whether he plays poorly or plays well, uh, he didn't want it pointed out that he had a good drive because they lost the game. And I, I a tremendous amount of respect for Jalen when he does things like that, because it'd been easy to say, yeah, I had a great drive. Yeah, it was really effective. And he just didn't want to talk about it. Hmm. Um, John, I, I want to get your take on, uh, you know, a, a lot of people are saying that they're okay with this loss. You know, this Eagles team, especially the offense, at least showed promise. Um, and I kind of tend to agree with that. You know, I think today's game, I mentioned that that drive where, you know, Jalen Hurts had a first down, Devontae Smith had had completions, um, and not first drive, but the the drive in the fourth quarter. Um, that showed promise to me. That showed adjustments. That showed improvement, which is something that we hadn't seen a lot um, from Nick Sirianni, at least. Do, do you feel the same way? And do you feel that Nick Sirianni is getting more confident as a head coach and is uh, in his playing calling? Uh, I do. You know, as strange as it sounds, I was thinking this was probably the game um, to decide who the best rookie head coach is in this league. And that sounds mm -hmm. kind of strange because if you look around at the rookie head coaches, they're not doing too well. So uh, Brandon Staley probably would have been number one when they were off to the four and one start. But he had lost uh, two in a row. Uh, Nick Sirianni got a, is getting a lot of criticism, but mm. he's got this team playing hard, incremental improvements, um, and I think he's learning on the job. And, you know, I kind of look at it, and I know people don't want to hear it, um, but I, I think Nick was the better coach today. I thought Brandon Staley, you know, had the better team and should have had a much easier time and he had to fight and claw for a victory. So, well, I know, you know, and Nick said it himself, there's no moral victories in this league. Jalen said things similar, but didn't use that phraseology. But, and there isn't, but I do see improvement in, in with this team and, and where they're going. Um, and I think, you know, Nick is, is doing an okay job. I'm not going to say he's doing a good job because the <laughs> record is what it is, but I think he's improving and, you know, the people throwing flowers at him as he leaves the field or jerseys out in Las Vegas are kind of missing the big picture. Mm -hmm. 
Did he address that in the press conference, the flowers? Uh, now, we were all getting the video. Jamie Pody kind of put it up there, and she was yeah. sitting right next to me, and I saw it. And we did ask TJ Edwards. TJ pretended he didn't know what we were talking about, but he clearly did. Um, I, I imagine he'll get asked about it tomorrow, and, and um, I'll certainly ask him if nobody else does. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I talked to him behind the scenes about what happened in Las Vegas. He wasn't happy. He was clearly frustrated from the video. Um, and I, I think people don't, you know, maybe don't know that about Nick, but he's got a bit of a temper. I think he comes across as this happy-go-lucky guy, but he was really frustrated after this game. Um, and he thought, you know, his team had a chance to win. They did have a chance to win. They had a chance to steal a game. They haven't won at Lincoln Financial Field yet. So I think that pressure is kind of building up. Um, and, yeah, he was – he was. I think it was pretty evident by the video he was not happy with it. Mm-hmm. John, we have been talking uh, throughout the show about Davion Taylor and this kid, um, the way he is playing. He's just playing with reckless abandon. Man, if they can find a few more guys like that, uh, especially at the, at the linebacking position, that can change the whole complexion of this defense in terms of being more assertive and maybe even blitzing more, for that matter. I just don't think they have the personnel right now in the linebacking core to play a lot of different games that you can play against uh, opposing quarterbacks. No, you're right. I, I mean, they just don't have a ton of talent at the linebacker position. And Davion, you know, it's a shame if you go back to training camp, you saw – you know, we were all kind of surprised, I think, a little bit that they started Davion out as as a starter in training camp. Um, and we thought, well, they're just trying to get him some reps because he's so raw. But no, they wanted him to be a starting linebacker. Uh, and he hurt his calf and he was out for the majority of camp. And that set him back a little bit. Um, but yeah, he's just got more talent, more athleticism. Uh, than they're what, what they're used to at linebacker, certainly here, certainly with this group and, and even going back to the Doug Peterson era. Um, and if the rest of the, his game can catch up to that athleticism, you might finally have something at linebacker. And I think if you look at Jonathan Gannon and he had Darius Leonard in Indianapolis, uh, he had Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks in Minnesota, Obviously, he wants that type of linebacker, and Javion Taylor is probably the only one with the physical gifts to eventually get to that kind of level. Mm-hmm. Still got a long way to go, but I think it's good that the Eagles are playing him and getting rid of some of the startup costs that Jim Schwartz used to talk about with young players. You got to live with some of the mistakes early, and hopefully they learn from them. Uh, well, something interesting you got into there when he came to Jonathan Gannon and talking about a guy like Davion Taylor, like Gunnar asked you about. I, I've seen steps forward from Nick Sirianni in the last two games. I, I just said, hey, do what you're supposed to against a team like the Lions. They did what they were supposed to against a team like, uh, like the Lions. In this game, show that you can still run the football against now the worst run defense in the league. He did that tonight. Jalen Hurts took a step forward as well. Do you think we will we'll ever see Jonathan Gannon play a little bit more aggressive and, and, and actually send a guy like Davion Taylor? Because once I saw him running around out there, 
I thought, hey, we know, get aggressive. He wants to hit somebody, put him in the backfield, try to disrupt things. Like you at least, I guess, attempted to a little bit in that first half. Do you think Jonathan Gannon will ever flip that switch and maybe start being a little bit more aggressive? Yeah, I mean, I think he already has. If you look at the Detroit game, they were tremendously aggressive. I don't think uh, people noticed because Detroit was so bad. Uh, same thing with Carolina. Uh, certainly more aggressive. I think it has to do with the quarterback. Um, when he feels the quarterback is susceptible to that type of thing, he's going to send people. Even today, as a younger quarterback, uh, Justin Herbert, early in the game, I mentioned Steve Nelson. Um, they blitzed. I, I saw them blitz Andre Sachere on two occasions after Vontae Maddox went down. Um, there was another blitz uh, from a defensive back that I can't remember, but I at least counted three, and it, it didn't work. Um, and I think he scaled back from there. I certainly didn't see as much, and I'll have to watch the film, but mm. I didn't see as much in the second half. Look, I, 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 I like Jonathan Gannon. Everybody knows that. Um, it, it, but he hasn't had success. So until you have success, um, the criticism is going to be valid. And if you look at the, the completion percentage of the quarterback, uh, it's, it's not acceptable. So I, by no means do I think you should say, oh, you know, maybe there should be more curveballs, but I'm just pulling it up. If you look at this, it, it's ridiculous. I mean, Keenan Allen had 13 targets, caught 12 receptions. Jared Cook, four out of four. Uh, Steven Anderson, four out of four. Uh, Parham, three out of three. Eckler, three out of three. Uh, Palmer, two of two. Guyton, uh, uh, Kelly, one of one. The only two receivers mm. were Williams and Guyton that had incompletions thrown to him. And Keenan Allen had one, obviously. Mm. Uh, that's not acceptable. So, Maybe you, you should say there should be more curveballs being thrown. But I look at the scoreboard and I see the fourth down stops and I see 27-24 and the Eagles were outmanned. So mm -hmm. I, I get mm -hmm. why people are upset. But, you know, in a lot of ways, the modern NFL, when you're playing these star quarterbacks, is about getting a key stop. The Eagles were able to get two monster stops on fourth down. Remember, coming in, this was the best fourth down team in the NFL. The best. And they stopped them twice in the first half, or this game probably would have been a blowout. So you have to you have to add that into your context as well. I think people look at the blitz now like they look at the run. Like even if the run's not working, still mm. gotta do it just to make them think they're gonna do it. Now I think people are still looking at the blitz like that right now with a guy like Jonathan Gannon and the you know, I know it's not exactly the best, uh, you know, the most talented defense in the entire National Football League. I get that. But I think that's how people are looking at it. And they're seeing Sirianni say, all right, you know what? We're going to keep running the football. Well, it's working, so it's easy to do it when it works. But even in a blitz, if it fails, just to try to bust things up, to make the quarterback think twice, I think people are kind of making that assimilation between the two, between running the football even at times when it doesn't work and blitzing even at times when it doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of go uh, from the opposite direction with JG in that if I were to criticize him, I would say, why is this defensive line, which we thought coming into this season would be the strength of the team along with the offensive line, 
why aren't they producing uh, to the level that we expected? And, you know, it looked like Josh Sweat was going to uh, have a career year, hasn't really developed. Um, Fletcher Cox has not played like Fletcher Cox. Javon Hargrave got off to the great start, but has kind of disappeared. Uh, losing Brandon Graham certainly hurt, I think, even more than people realize. Uh, Derek Barnett has not performed. I, I, My question is why? Why are these guys underperforming to the level? Because when Jim Schwartz was here, that's what this defense was about. It was about that defensive line and them getting home. And they did. And Jason Kelsey even talked about that this week, about the lack of home success right? and about how aggressive that defensive line played under Jim Swartz. And when the Eagles had a lead late or were close late and this place was rocking and the noise were up, was up and you had to use silent counts, it just was such a huge advantage. So if I'm going to criticize something, it's, you know, why aren't those guys producing I don't care about the blitz because I don't think this team can blitz. I don't think they can blitz successfully, but I need that front four to get home and they're not getting home. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, John, to get away from the X's and O's for just a bit, uh, I'm told that uh, Devonte Smith addressed the Henry rug situation. I know they were good friends and could you kind of just um, in layman's terms, tell us what Devonte had to say about uh you know, rugs um, in such a devastating and such a tragic situation that has occurred. Yeah, I mean, they're not only friends. They used to be roommates at Alabama, so they are really, really close. And even if you go back to Las Vegas, they were so happy to see each other. Um, So, uh, obviously, I I think it was a a difficult week for DeMonte Smith and uh, to have your friend. And, and, you know, remember – you know, people are going to, whether it's right or not, uh, take things negatively if you say you're praying for your friend because they're more concerned about the victim and and, and the horrible nature uh, of what happened. And that's right. understandable. But also, and, and Jalen Hart said this as well. I mean, that's their friend and that's their brother. And, you know, they're praying for him. And it's, uh-huh. you know, something very, very difficult to go through. But, um you know, he's in a lot of trouble from a legal standpoint, and they understand that, but it doesn't change the fact that they're they're very close to, to that particular person, and obviously he's having a difficult time as well, even yeah. though people don't want to hear about that. Uh, John McMullen, always great catching up with you, man. Thanks for giving us the inside scoop on all that was talked about after the game today. Appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you next week, hopefully this time after uh, an Eagles win, because that's more fun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, when now, they, when they now win Denver stuff. looks better all of a sudden. Yeah, how about, how, looks better. How about that? And you know what? We'll try to arrange a meetup between you and uh, and you know uh, uh, Justin Herbert, and you guys can hang out or something, have a beer, you yeah, know, have that, a good time. Uh, I, I do have a, a bit of a football crush. It's only football <laughs> related. Understood. 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 John, thanks so much, brother. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Now, John McMullen was brought to us by the great people of Mesa Law and Associates. And uh, Joe Mesa, I believe, is standing by at Lincoln Financial Field amongst the tailgaters. Joe, are you uh, are you in your spot right now? Uh, we are. We're here. You know, a lot of people cleared out after the game of loss. Where am Oh. oh Where am <laughs> 
Is can, can she play linebacker? Can she be a linebacker? Oh, What's going I on there? Play. I used to play. Oh, I, I don't doubt that. I don't does doubt she, that. Does she know how to blitz? Can she blitz? Blitz. You can definitely blitz. Okay. I know blitz and everything. Today. I'm okay. an athlete. Let's go. <laughs> so what? Are you guys? Are you guys? I think you're not celebrating. I'm gonna be the coach. All right. Honestly, you'd pre she'd probably do a better job than, than Gannon at this point. Um, I take it you guys aren't celebrating. You're just kind of like partying away the pain over there? Yeah, pretty much. We were out here all day probably. Uh, I don't know. We were set up at about 9 o'clock this morning. So it's been a long day. It was fun. But the uh, Eagles let us down again. I mean, I thought it was a good game. It was exciting. Yeah. They had a chance to win the game. Uh, maybe not that exciting. But we had a chance to win the game. I the defense, I mean, they didn't – no sacks, no real pressures on Herbert. And uh, – no turnovers. Um, you know, they they uh, they seem like they I mean, two stops on fourth, you know, fourth and short. But the last one at the end, they couldn't stop them. That really hurt. Joe, uh, Joe, I have to ask this question but, real quick. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts goes through the air, flips. They score the touchdown drive. What was the reaction from the crowd? Take take us into your seats right there when Jalen Hurts did the flip. The crowd was going crazy. I mean, the rushing touchdowns. You know, Jalen Hurts. The Gainwell, the, the the crowd was going crazy. It was great. I think uh, when they came out in the second half and two quick scores too, that hurt. But uh, you know, crowd was in the in the Let game. Go! You know, till till late in the game. Uh, you know, we had every chance to win the game. <laughs> I'm a big fan <laughs> of your friend. I'm a big fan <laughs> of your friend. Uh, that's the energy we need. The next home game because the fans, Joe, like you and, and the rest of your people, they, they bring the energy every time. We need the Eagles defense to be just as aggressive as you guys and energetic. Absolutely. We got to win this next game. I mean, we got we to gotta put some wins together, no doubt. But I'm in a wheelchair. Hurt, uh, you I know, think that will the Giants work. beat the, 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 oh, the Giants beat the Raiders today. That hurt. I was all the way out there Fuck two the weeks Raiders. ago. For, uh, oh, man, thanks. Oh, there we go. There we go. No, no, no. There we go. We appreciate Joe messaging you. Calling us. I hope, was, I hope we're on a seven-second delay. Yeah, no, she likes she likes ducks. She says she loves ducks. That's what she said. Don't we all? So yeah. we're good. Who doesn't yeah. love ducks? You know what I'm yeah. saying? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Look, after being out there for what? They, they're going on 12 hours now. I, I'd probably be there's, – there's only one option after getting through a game like that, so. <laughs> now, Joe Messel, ladies and gentlemen, appreciate him uh, taking us into the crowd there with the, the real raw emotions. After a game like that, uh, when we come back, there is something that also happened that was also some raw emotions. And uh, John McMullen alluded to it. Devin, you'll take us through it because uh, this was unfortunate after a game. And and I, I disagree with something John said regarding Nick Sirianni. We're, we'll talk about that when we return on live postgame show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, Injured victims are always the underdog, but that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. 
our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at mesalaw.com. Mesa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The live post-game show is powered by IBEW Local 98. Basketball is part of how we grew up in this city. And every morning, IBEW Local 98 members take their best shot building this city, rescuing our community from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are, like the Hawks who will never die. Local 98 members love tradition. John Doctor. Business manager of Local 98 says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Show Mark Farzad, Derek, Devin Caney with you uh, following an Eagles 27-24 loss to the L.A. Chargers. Uh, Devin, you saw this. You brought it to our attention as well. Mm-hmm. This is an unfortunate situation that John McMullen uh, hinted at. It was a video posted by Jamie Apodi. Go ahead, Devin, take us through this. She did. Uh, I don't know if anyone remembers back when the Sixers were in the playoffs, there was some popcorn throwing. There was a jersey throwing that John McMullen alluded to uh, in Vegas. And today there were flowers thrown at Nick Sirianni. And John mentioned he had a a little bit of a temper. I don't know if we can play this video or not. Um, But he does get pretty fired up and it looks like a security guard kind of holds him back. Um, I don't actually see them thrown, but yeah, he's I, I don't know if we've seen that from Nick Sirianni. And I don't know. My, my take on this is, uh, first of all, I saw a few tweets that were like, that's the wrong coach. It should have been at Gannon. Uh, <laughs> just throwing things at anyone, coach, player, other fan. Just like, don't do not do it, guys. It's giving us a bad rep. Uh, I, yeah. I, I'll say this. I don't think Nick Sirianni is necessarily a happy-go-lucky guy, but I do think he's a very emotional guy. Yeah. And when you're a very emotional person, uh, you, you tend to, to ride a roller coaster. And if you do – push somebody who's an emotional person the wrong way uh they could definitely have the negative reaction just as they could have the positive reaction and i think that was it there especially as john mcmullen pointing out they haven't won at home yet he still wants to have that first win in front of the south philly faithful at lincoln financial field and that unfortunately hasn't happened yet and when somebody throws flowers in your direction even if it's in adulation 
You don't know that. You just know somebody's throwing stuff at you, and that's never a good thing. So when you see that video go out, it's very unfortunate. That is never called for, uh, especially after a loss like that, when you know it's going to be taken negatively. So that sucks. Yeah. I am sorry that Nick Sirianni had to go through something like that, just because uh, you never want to see something like that, obviously. First, yeah, first of all, uh, go ahead, David. I'm sorry. Ahead. I was just going to say, yeah. I mean, we, we know how hard uh, he Nick Sirianni took took uh, the first loss that we had of the season after that uh, game against the Falcons. And and we know that he's constantly wanting to please the fans and fit in in Philly with his pandering. So you know that that just added that extra layer of of hurt for him at home uh, with the flower throwing. Sorry, <laughs> Deegan, go ahead. No, sorry. Right. First of all, um, if they found in person, they should be tossed from the stadium for the rest oh, of the sure. season. Um, you you have the right to voice your opinion in any way, shape, or form, uh, but you don't have the right to throw anything. And I, even though it's flowers, you can hit somebody in the eye of the face, you know, and, and you can hurt somebody, you know, yeah. doing stuff like that. And then what kind of example are you setting if you have kids with you or something like that? You're, you're letting them, you're giving them the green light, it's okay to do stuff like that at other sporting events maybe? You know, your child is a product of his or her environment, you know, and, and for Nick Sirianni, I understand his frustration. Okay, it's not working out to the, to what he had hoped it would. Uh, you're in one of the most vocal NFL cities, one of the most passionate NFL cities in all of the NFL. Um, and I'm sure the frustration is mounting. He is constantly being second-guessed. People laughed at him when uh, he mentioned the flower uh, mm. speech that he gave his players. And I think although the, the, the players rallied around it for the Detroit game, it kind of backfired on him because the media and, and, and the fan base in general ran with it in a whole different direction. You know, so the fact that they're losing more than they're winning, they haven't won a game at home in four tries this year. Um, you know, it gets to you after a while. It gets to anybody. You know, nobody likes to lose. You don't sign up to play in the National Football League in any aspect, whether it's front office, coaching, or player, to be a part of a losing entity. And when you lose more than you win, it does become quite frustrating, especially in a market like Philadelphia. So for that fan, whoever it was that actually had the audacity to take a bouquet of flowers and throw it at him, you know, it didn't hurt anybody. But what if you missed and hit somebody else, you know, some some uh, season ticket holder in his family walking off the field, hit a kid in the eye, anything. Right. You don't you don't do that. So hopefully they got to that person and tossed them out of there. The game was over. But hopefully I wish they would suspend him for the rest of the season for coming into a stadium. Right, they're banned. Yeah. They're banned. Boom, you're banned. Yeah. Just like that. Again, it's not exactly what they were throwing. It's still the fact that it's just so disrespectful to just say, you know, boom, throw something. Like people were saying right. to the popcorn thing, ah, it's popcorn, relax. They're missing the no. point. And no. I don't care if it's a bowling ball or or if it's a popcorn. The act is just so ridiculously disrespectful that there's no need for it anywhere. And I'll say this, Nick Sirianni, I'll say it again because I, I want to give him, I want to give credit where credit's due. And I'm a guy who said he's in over his head. I'm a guy who made fun of him and laughed at the whole flower speech. He still had me with the rock, paper, scissors. I had he, I, I had his back for that. But when it came to the, the, the flower thing, I was like, no way. And this locker room has embraced it. His offense has embraced it. His offense has not been the problem these last two games, especially this game in particular. But when it comes to this particular instance, this game, I can only look at Jonathan Gannon because I see Nick Sirianni. They improve on they improve on their penalties. They've done that over the last couple of weeks of the season, which yep. everyone thought would never happen. I know Derek Barnett had another penalty today. That was a real bad one, and a third and six turned into a third and mm -hmm. one. 
but they've improved for the most part on their penalties. They certainly improved in a balanced attack, offensively speaking, if not more heavily favoring the run game, which has been great to see because it takes the workload off of Jalen Hurts. Keep that going. Keep that improvement coming. I, Nick Sirianni, to me, is not the problem right now. Has he been the problem? Has he had a bad year for, through most of the season? Sure. But over the last couple of games, not so much. Jalen Hurts has improved because the workload is off his shoulders. The guy that I'm still waiting to see improve is Jonathan Gannon with his scheme or whatever you want to call it, his uh, general philosophy. Sure, don't allow the big play, but how about causing a big play to happen every once in a while? That's all I'm asking for. Nick Sirianni did not deserve that after the game today. Nick Sirianni has impressed me over the last two weeks just as far as doing what he's supposed to do as head coach. My focus, my ire is not at all on Nick Sirianni or Jalen Hurts after a game like this. It's on the defensive side of the ball. It's the defensive side of the ball when it comes to however they decided to play this game, whatever they were scheming to do early and not able to accomplish, and then not showing any aggression in the second half whatsoever. So to me, that's where my that's that's more of what I'm focusing on today when it comes to my energy and my efforts to say, mm-hmm. what, 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 what are you doing? I'm watching one guy improve. I'm watching one guy not improve even a little bit. So that, to me, is where I have most of my concern. What, uh, uh, what confused me – oh, sorry, Deegan, go ahead. No, no, no. Go right ahead. I was going to say what confused me about uh, some of – and I love John McMullen. I, just one statement he made, uh, I he said, and he said every show, he, he likes Jonathan Gannon, but then – you know, we've talked about what came first, the chicken or the egg, when it comes to Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni when they were struggling. And I'm not saying they're totally fine now, but, you know, the word is progress. And like you said, Mark, we're seeing progress from Nick Sirianni. We're seeing progress from Jalen Hurts. And that's really all, at least I'm asking for here in this season. Um, with Jonathan Gannon, we're not, but is it him? Is it his his scheme or is it his lack of players, uh, players not playing to their full potential or is it a combination of both? And and that's something that's like, I'm confused how you can be a fan of a defensive coordinator and their scheme and then watch what happened today and, and still back up that statement. I like, uh, like a lot of what I've seen from Nick Sirianni the last mm-hmm. couple of games. Now I'm intrigued to see what happens moving forward in this next game on the road at Denver because Denver is a little bit stouter up front on defense. Uh, will you stay committed to the run no matter what, or will you allow Denver to force you out of the run? Uh, so I, I'm li- really looking forward to see how that matchup plays itself out um, be- because Denver defends the run better than both of these previous two teams uh, actually did. So it's going to be interesting to see um, w- what happens. And if he gets away from the running game, because basically he is giving, he has given the fan base now what they've been crying for in terms of run the football, establish the run. So he's done that now. You can't get away from it now. Now, there are going to be times when you just can't run the football because teams are taking it away from you. Mm -hmm. But that has to be a significant part of your identity now because you've shown that even with this makeshift offensive line and offensive line that has played together now for a couple of weeks and seems to have continuity and chemistry together as, as we got to see in this game today, now people want more of it. And so if you get away from that for anything other than the opposition being just that much stouter in the trenches than your offensive line, shame on you. And, of course, the negative negative criticisms are going to rain down on him again. Mm-hmm. The other thing, when you look at that a game like that, like, for instance, Ezekiel Elliott, but he's Ezekiel Elliott. He still ran the football five yards a carry. He averaged today against a pretty good defense. Right. 
Right. This is exactly what I get into when I start talking about throwing your best at them and saying, hey, you deal with it. This is the best version of ourselves. And although I'm not expecting 25, 30 runs in the first half against right. the Broncos, like you saw tonight, I am still expecting them to take the pressure off of Jalen Hurts instead of, again, going to a Buddy Ryan offense where you say to your quarterback, hey, you know what, go out there and uh, make me a play and that'll be my offense. Instead of doing that, help him out a little bit. Take some of the pressure off his shoulders. Take the workload off of his shoulders. Because here's what I have noticed over the last couple of games in, in particular. Jalen Hurts, without all the weight of the world on his shoulders, can actually make you a couple of plays. Can make you a couple of mm -hmm. plays downfield as well. No better example of that than what you saw in the fourth quarter in tonight's game. So why not use that going forward? True, you're not going to continuously run the football. and You're not going to have Boston Scott and Jordan Howard have the same success or Kenny Gainwell in the, in the game as much as you saw him tonight. But still taking that workload and that decision-making away from Jalen Hurts and not just relying on RPOs, but putting him under center, getting him into the flow of the game and making sure you're still throwing the ball occasionally, you can still do a lot of that. Just like we said against the Lions. Sure, it's the Lions. But there's a lot of the same philosophies you could take from that game and apply going forward. They did that tonight, and their offense had success doing it. Mm -hmm. Defense still needs to come around because I didn't see a lot of that. But when it comes to everything else, you can take a lot of these philosophies you've been using over the last two weeks still apply it against the Broncos. Because I think what you did, if nothing else, other than just going you know, one and one over these last two games, you also, I think, discovered the best way to get Jalen Hurts active throughout a game and make sure that he is not trying to do everything for your offense. That's, a, that's something I think you can copy and paste over the last two weeks and still apply it to the Broncos. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and, and I'm sure as we continue down the road of this season, we're going to have the same conversation again, unfortunately about a Jonathan Gannon defense. Um, offensively, I, 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 I think Nick is finally getting it in terms of what the strength of this team is, which is their, their, their front five and running the football and pounding the ball three to five yards at a crack. Uh, I like that. Um, and I think what a severe weakness of this defense is, especially, again, against better competition, you're going to show them too much respect. And they are going to disrespect you by taking advantage of everything that you give them. Okay. You know, you don't have to play long ball to be successful in the national football league. You know, you can dink and dunk your way up and down the field all night long. And if nobody can stop you, you don't need to throw a long ball because you're moving the ball, you're controlling the clock, you're putting points on the board. Um, and you're, you're, you're playing your game instead of playing your opponent's game. Gotcha. Uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to focus in on, uh, I guess, are we taking or awarding game balls? I guess we'll decide. It'll be up to you guys, whatever you want to do. Uh, that's when we come back. But I do want to tell you, we're exclusively presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the live show. Go for the win. We'll wrap things up on live post game show when we return. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? 
I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. The live postgame show is powered by IBEW Local 98. Live post game show presented by Stateside Vodka, fueled by Stateside Vodka, statesidevodka.com. See the scroll below, use code Jacob, that's J A K B K I B, Jacob, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for 15% off a one liter bottle. Go to statesidevodka.com. Uh, Devin, real quick, before we get to our game balls, taking away or awarding, uh, you did see something. I believe our friend of the show, Andy, tweeted us in something uh, pretty good here. Oh, I wanted to make yes, sure we got to. Yes. Uh, in a game that defense did not look great and look gassed, why did they look so flat and already beat in this game? Is that the play calling? Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with play calling because it's been the one consistent thing. Avante Maddox has played really well this season. Him going out early in this game, then coming back with the injury certainly hurt the Eagles. Uh, but overall, you saw guys like uh, throughout this season, early on we mentioned Javon Hargrave, for instance, had a great start to the season. That's gone away. Fletcher Cox has struggled all season long. Why, why all of a sudden under Jonathan Gannon and his defense? Darius Slay, up until tonight, he was there to make plays. Unfortunately, he didn't make the plays tonight. But overall, I still look at a defensive coordinator that is not maximizing, not even a high amount of talent that's on this defense I get, but a defensive coordinator that's not maximizing even what you have right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Andy, thank you for that tweet. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't, I didn't think the defense looked that gassed tonight. Like there have been games where I'm like, oh my God, get them off the field. But I, I didn't think that was the case, but I, I agree. It definitely just lack of Gannon uh, utilizing his defensive weapons there. Gunner, they look gassed to you? Yeah. Look, look at look at the uh, Chargers scoring drive. Some of the drives, 12, 14, okay. 15 plays. That, that's any defense. You, you, you keep them on the field that long, you're going to be winded, especially when you're, you're chasing pass catchers all over the field. 
you're going to be winded, you know. So, yeah, it does get to you after a while. Now, the way to get your breath back is to have your offense sustain drives right. away. Yeah. The Eagles offense did sustain drives and answer score for score to keep them in the game. But, yeah, they're going to get winded. That, that, that's only the human element of the game itself. Um, but, but in this particular case, um, I think your defense is a, is a product of your coordinator. And I think the coordinator plays scared in some ways. He plays scared. They're so concerned about not giving up the deep play that it's mm-hmm. affecting their ability to do certain things and to, and to play certain games within the structure of a de- defensive scheme. And, and coordinators, they pick up on these little tendencies, and mm-hmm. they talk, and the message is passed around. Here's where you attack on this team. Here's what you can uh, – don't go this way on this particular team. And that's offensive and de- defensive football. It's a small fraternity. It happens. Now, you, you've got to basically change the perception of way people look at you. And unless you change that perception, they're still going to continue to disrespect you every week you step on a football field. It's basic element. Every single time. Every single time. Let's get into it with our game balls, ladies and gentlemen. What do you got? What do you like? Uh, We're going to award them. We're going to take them away. Devin, what do you want to do this week? I'm going to award one. And I feel very confident about this one. I'm going to give it to Devontae Smith. Uh, I thought that he had his best game. Not that he's had, you know, any horrible games but best game so far uh as a pro football player uh he's on pace to hit a thousand receiving yards this season i just was happy to see Devonte smith do what we drafted Devonte smith to do this game there we go all right i'll take that gunner what do you like i'm gonna give it to nick sirianni for staying committed Ooh. to the running game uh they've run the ball 85 times now the last two games the running game kept them in this game. It could have possibly helped them pull out a game had they gotten the ball one more time. So the fact that he didn't get away from the running game in a game of this magnitude, um, I'm going to give it to Sirianni for showing us that he can stay committed to the run. Look at, look at us being all positive and optimistic. It's beautiful. <laughs> I'm going to ruin that. I'm going to take away no. every game ball possible from Jonathan Gannon. Because uh, like, to, to have a mindset of you guys just start making plays and we'll just be here and hope you make a mistake. Is the exact opposite mindset that you would want from any defensive coordinator ever. At least Jim Schwartz, who didn't blitz, so we're used to that idea. At least Jim Schwartz knew how to maximize the talent he had on the defensive line. These guys you now heard from not just Fletcher Cox, but also Javon Hargrave. Yeah, I don't know what this guy's doing. Anytime you defer to the defensive coordinator or the play caller on any side of the football, you're saying, mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell you guys. I'd love to be more aggressive, but I'm just kind of supposed to stay here and man my I'm, one battle station. That's not a good I don't sign. Get fined. <laughs> exactly. So anytime you hear that from now two separate players that have had pretty good careers up until they got under Jonathan Gannon, uh, you got to listen to that. So I think Jonathan Gannon definitely take one away from. However, I will join you in this barrage of positivity to end the show. I will say this, uh, Jalen Hurts, more power in the world to you, my friend. You were called upon to make plays, put the team on the back in your fourth quarter, on your back in the fourth quarter, yet again this season, and you rose to the occasion. I agree wholeheartedly with John McMullen, what he told us after the game, which was that was the best drive they could have put together so far this season, and they did it. Jalen Hurts made a big made big, big throws on the, on the drive, made big runs on the drive. Sirianni, certainly great play calling on that by keeping things balanced, sticking with what worked. Uh, but mainly, I, I look at Jalen Hurts because 
I mean, Carson Wentz was under pressure taking over for Nick Foles after he had just won a Super Bowl. I get that. Jalen Hurts is playing for his football life and career, knowing that he's got three first-round picks competing with him going into next season most likely. So when he gets opportunities to put up and put up numbers and produce and actually get results like he did tonight in terms of that one drive, that's the drive that'll look at Jalen Hurts and say, you get a game ball tonight, my friend. So that's that's where I'll end it. On all that positivity, it's almost sickening how positive I can be. I, you know I love saying? it. Everyone it's like a new that. mark. It's like you drank one of those statesides while we were in commercial. I don't know. Is that, <laughs> is that, is that how it happened? I went uh, really past him. <laughs> no, no, I'll be really concerned when Mark gives a game ball to Nick Sirianni. I feel like you are like Nick Sirianni hater number one. So when oh, that yeah. happens, then I'm going to do like a welfare check on you. <laughs> I will. I will wow. say the, the, the Nick Sirianni haters, like the like hater number one. Those were the people that hated the rock paper scissors. I at least mm. love the rock paper scissors. The you flower hate thing. The press conference. Any press conference moment. Not a fan of. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. After. Yeah, I'm good on everything else. Uh, guys, that's the show today. I uh, hope we were able to have some fun after a, a tough Eagles loss. Obviously, I will say just to end it. Um, this is exactly the score I predicted and the outcome, unfortunately. So there you go. Uh, Devin, a pleasure as always. Uh, Derek Gunn, a pleasure as always. Thanks, everyone, that watched this on the Jacob Media YouTube channel as well as 6abc.com. We'll be back with you guys again, hopefully this time after an Eagles win coming up a week from today. Thanks so much for joining us here on the live postgame show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Basketball is part of how we grew up in this city. And every morning, IBEW Local 98 members take their best shot building this city, rescuing our community from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are, like the Hawks who will never die. Local 98 members love tradition. John Doctor. Business manager of Local 98 says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. 
go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. 